Well, they definitely were yesterday. There's no question about that. But you know what? Uh, the 49ers are good. They're deep. Uh, they, they would argue that if Brock Purdy was healthy last year, maybe things would be different. So I, I think they have a little bit more to prove in that game than the Eagles did. And uh, they did it. And so now it makes it, uh, you know, there's no guarantee for that bye week anymore for the Eagles. And the, uh, the stretch drive here with, with the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Eagles is going to be a great race. And so that uh, Cowboys-Eagles game is pretty huge. So, uh, yeah, give the, uh, give the 49ers credit, man. They were really good in every facet of that game. And, you know, what? they've been good all year long. There's, there's not many weaknesses there. I think the Eagles have been pretty good, too. Uh, all season long, and sometimes maybe getting uh, getting spanked a little bit like that uh, might not be the worst thing for them in the course of the season. And I might say it's an easy way for the coach to be like, "All right, boys, let's get refocused." In the AFC, there are two nine and three teams: Dolphins and Ravens. Chiefs are eight and four now, but the the Chiefs are still they. You got to knock them off, right? Like they're still the favorites until somebody beats them. Yeah, and don't overlook the Jaguars. They win tonight. They're nine and three, and I think they got the tiebreaker on. Uh, I think they're second. Uh, see, maybe even first. So, I look at the, you know what the, it's great in both leagues. There's no there's no clear cut. Like I, I do like the 49ers a lot, but man, uh, the Cowboys' offense when it rolls is formidable. Uh, the Eagles themselves, Jalen Hurts has proven he knows how to win time and time again. They got some pretty good. Um, uh, skill players and the thing that was interesting about that Eagles game was they lost in the trenches where normally those are the best assets that's why I'm yeah. not that concerned yet I think they can be better there they have been and they lost in the trenches where they normally don't um, you know KC hey when you don't have any receivers Al who can consistently make plays and I know you got the best tight end but it doesn't matter you still need some receivers and that's that's their glaring weakness you know we can talk all we want that was a terrible missed call for sure but then they still would have had to make a two-pointer and at best it's overtime so I, I look at the Chiefs are definitely a, a team that's beatable, especially when right now they might not have home field advantage, which can be a huge thing come playoff time. So, yeah, it's wide open. But uh, don't sleep on the Jags, man. Uh, Trevor Lawrence tonight. Uh, without Joe Burrow, uh, I would expect the Jaguars to win that game tonight, and that puts them at 9-3. and three. And, and Trevor Lawrence is really emerging. He's, you know, it's taken a few years, as it should, for quarterbacks to kind of find their way. But, you know, you look at, at that team and, I'm not saying the Jags are a Super Bowl favorite by any stretch, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won a round or two. All right, Jason, let's go to the Oilers. And here's my question. Jack Campbell, you know, reporting on Saturday night from Elliot Friedman was if he played well, maybe he's recalled soon. You've talked at length about uh, Campbell getting called up here when they get back to action, maybe towards the end of the month. So uh, with Campbell being the guy, or at least apparently the guy, does does a one game, you know, where he lets in a couple of soft goals in the American League, does that change things or they're definitely going to give Campbell a shot? Well, I think I don't think the reason I've always said I didn't think Jack Campbell was going to come up here this week uh, was because well, why Skinner's going to play? Skinner's going to play Wednesday, and Skinner's going to play Friday, right? So you don't like no offense to Jack Campbell, he's better off playing another game this coming Friday in the American League, and so that's where I think timing wise that makes the most sense, right? And then you can bring him up, you can recall him on Saturday if you want, and you know he travels here. Does he play Sunday? I don't know. But then he gets in and he can play Chicago. Like, let's be real, Al. If we're going to put Jack Campbell, you you want to put players in positions to succeed. And by succeeding is gaining confidence at any position. And so if I'm the Edmonton Orders, well, the most obvious game to play Jack Campbell is Chicago. They're terrible, right? Now, sure, someone would say, well, what if they lose? Well, you can't think about what if you lose. You think about if our team plays well 
And uh, we should be able to limit Chicago to a lot of scoring chances, right? If Edmonton's playing good defense, they should be able to limit the chances. So if you limit the chances against, then in theory, it should be an easier game for Jack Campbell to come in, get his, uh, his skates back underneath him a little bit at the NHL level, and then you go from there. You're, you're going to have to play Stuart Skinner. Uh, like, I looked at it out. Like, I know Skinner's played a lot, but he's only, he's only made 16 starts. And right now there is 18 goalies in the league who have made 15 or more starts. Right? Some have made up to 19 or 20. So Skinner's – I did the math. So let's say he wants to start 55 games. Well, that means he starts 39 of the remaining 60 games. Let's say he starts 58. Well, now he's starting 42, and that means you need a backup to, to play 18 games. Right? Whether it's Campbell, whether it's Pickard, I don't know who it's going to Maybe it's somebody else. But that's kind of what you're going to look at for the orders, right? But Stuart Skinner's numbers have gone up. I think he's playing better. But the team in front of him is playing better. Right, like there, and remember, Jack Campbell had a better save percentage than Stuart Skinner when he got sent down with the minors. So, Campbell, I saw the first goal that he allowed, obviously not great. Um, the fourth goal, meh, not great. But the other two, he had no chance on, and he played pretty well. So, you know, is it a concern? A hundred percent. But there, there's no like if you can, if anybody out there can tell me the obvious goalie that's going to fix the order's problems, please let me know because I don't see one. Well, and the, the the obvious one, like the ones that you would trade for and give up a lot for, aren't available. Like, well, exactly. You and I can talk all day about. Well, look at Boston; they've got Swayman, just Neil Olmark. But why would they? They don't have to do that. And you know, they've got a great tandem. And if if they don't have a great weakness, and they seem to overcome their center problem. You can you can want that player all day, but if Boston doesn't make him available, and the owners, uh, the only person they could trade for him is Nuge. Yeah, they're, they're and he's not. I don't think he's waived. Well, maybe he'd wave to go to Boston, but uh, I'm not sure he'd wave his no movement clause at this point, right? So I, I don't think there's a a realistic option that's a guarantee better. Now, you know what? Maybe you could acquire a goalie who's been a number three elsewhere. I've always seen this around the league that all of a sudden plays well in Edmonton. Is it possible? A hundred percent. I just don't. I can't. I don't think anybody can say with confidence that they know for sure who's the goalie to acquire that's available, right? Like I saw people saying Columbus. I'm like, Columbus, what are you, what are you talking about? They're not trading Elvis versus Leakins for Jack Campbell. Like, get, get serious, Oilers Nation fans online. Like, give your head a shake. There's no chance they're making that trade if you're Columbus, okay? Like, I know the GM's on thin ice, but he's not an idiot. So he's not making that trade, right? So which other goalies are there out there that you think are realistic options for Edmonton. And, and I say, when I say realistic, Al, that means you're just making a trade to acquire a goalie for a fourth, third round, sixth round pick, whatever it is, because a trade doesn't involve Jack Campbell. You have to give up way too much to have Jack Campbell going the other way. Absolutely, absolutely correct. This time off that the Oilers have, uh, it, it does dovetail pretty well, I think, for a new coaching staff. They got a little bit of time. The penalty kill's been really good. Uh, maybe the power play is something they'll want to work on, get healthier. Any anything else you can see them working on here in the time they have off between the next this last game and the next game? Well, I think the major things they wanted to work on, Al, we've already seen. The number one thing they wanted to work on was be a more poised team, right? Like like Edmonton, and I've said this for years, Al. There's no one better at beating themselves than yours, and that was a lot of self inflicted wounds. It wasn't systemic. So um, I know that Chris Nabla. Like, he, he, he's kept a lot of the things that Jay Woodcroft had in place. Why? Because they worked. And there's always, like, you either play zone defense or you play man-to-man. There's no other defense to play here. Like, let's, right. people talk about systems like there's so many, and it's like, oh, hey, we're going to go to West Edmonton Mall, and I can go to this clothing store or this one. Or, no, that's not how it works. There's only 
so many systems. But I think Paul Coffey and Chris Knobloch have really hammered in on a few things. Number one, poise with the puck. Have you seen, Al, can you recall a glaring error from the Blue Liners since Paul Coffey took over? No, it's, it's really been good. It's very tight, and I think there's better support from the forwards. But they've, they've done things quicker, and they've had calmer feet. There's no doubt. And, and really, it's Paul Coffey talking, to, and, I, and I had a long chat with Darnell Nurse, and I'll play that interview later uh, today or tomorrow on the show, about how, you know, Paul Coffey just really, he's made the players believe, like, he just keeps showing them positive plays that they make in video. This is what you're capable of. And, and it's funny, like, you think about it, it's the most basic thing, but it, it shows me sometimes, I think people want to overvalue, not over, but they want to overcomplicate coaching. Like, you don't get to the NHL unless you have talent. That's just a fact. Then it's a matter of how can I help bring that talent to the surface more often than not. That's really what coaching is going to be about. And, and even at the grassroots level, it's about and, and now you want to build skills for some players, sure. But, you know, some, I coach Al U11. I can tell which of my kids are harder workers than others or more consistent, right? Which kids can stick handle on their backhand better than others, right? So you work on it. But I'm going to put the kid on his backhand on his, on his offside more than the kid who can never catch a puck on his backhand. Why would I do that? Like, I'd be an idiot because he's never going to do it until, like, maybe he's 11, right? So um, I look at what Coffee's done to them. And then the other thing was they really had an emphasis to improve the penalty kill. And they've improved that. And Stuart Skinner talked at length about the penalty kill being a lot better and how even, you know, Connor Brown says, hey, man, like, I think we're finally getting the PK. And so that's made a huge difference, Al. Like, it's a significant difference for this team. Like, there's a major area where they've they've lowered their goals against just on their penalty kill. So have they done – I think there's small little tweaks, but I think that was it. And and the other one was uh, the coach mentioned – how there's lots of guys who are a little nicked up, and these five days off have actually really helped them. I wonder about that because we're talking about the defense. For the year, the only defenseman with a 50% or greater goal share at 5-on-5 is Darnell Nurse. But since the new coaching staff, Nurse is at 70%, Ekholm, Bouchard, Broberger at 50%, DeHarnay is at 46, 44, though, for Kulak and 40 for CeCe. Now, some of that is just, you know, like one game where things went awry a little bit. But the 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 defense has been playing better. But if that third pairing, you know, I, I don't like I like DeHarnay because of the penalty killing. And he has a little bit of wobbly minute there here or there. But is Kulak DeHarnay a, a, a pairing that you trust enough to keep? Or do you think there might be a tweak there? I don't mind them at all. And it's funny how you mentioned Nurse and CeCe are partners, Al, but one's 70% and one's 40% in goals for share, right? So yeah. I think it shows you that, you know, shifts on when you change in something, the guy might have nothing to do with it. And then all of a sudden, like, whether A, they're coming on the ice for a goal four and they get a few bonus ones that have no part in the play, or conversely, they've come on the ice and a guy's changing right at the two-on-one or something. Who knows what happens that leads to it. So um, I, I don't mind Kulak. And De- I, I think Darnay's game has really improved here the last few weeks. Like, I think Darnell Nurse plays on the best hockey of his life, to be honest. But I look at Vincent Darnay, Allen, and he's really moved the puck with more efficiency uh, lately. Uh, and so I liked it. I, um, I'd have to, like, to me, when, when I see goals for, I always like to look at just the goals against because the defenseman, for the most part, especially the third pair guys, they're not going to impact goals for a lot, right? So who they play, if they're only playing with third and fourth line guys who never score, probably, it's going to be harder to have a, a high goal uh, four percentage because you're not really, even if you're playing well defensively, eventually, you know what, you're going to have a bad break that goes in or what have you. But if, if your guys are never producing, well, that's hard to do. Although the fourth line has actually produced quite a bit. So I, I'd like to look at it more. I don't, I don't mind DeHarnay and, and, uh, and Kulak. 
um, because I like the, the mixture of what they have. They got speed and Kulak. They got size and DeHarnay. They got physicality. Kulak moves the puck well enough. And DeHarnay, like DeHarnay is actually a better skater than people think, but he has to move his feet because he's so big. He's like the big engine that's got to get rolling, right? The minute he stops moving his feet, he's in trouble. So, um, like his first two steps are never going to be super quick, So, but he's got to move his feet, then he's better. And so I, I don't mind that, that pairing at all. I think the orders have reduced their goals against. Obviously, they want to continue to reduce it. But if you look at seven of their last ten games, Al, they've given up very little, right? I think they've given up in those – seven games i think they've given up or what is it like five goals right yeah. it's really that they had the, the carolina which was awful florida and tampa bay where you know and those are better teams so um, i thought the the vegas and winnipeg games for me were crucial because those are two good teams and i thought you know like deharnay that goal against the third goal right mm-hmm. that's just unlucky that him and him and ernie were actually in the right position and they both went to make a play and deflected to kind of cancel each other out so i don't uh, I, I don't mind that third pairing to be honest the the number six team across the league so far this year is the Los Angeles Kings. They're nine and zero on the road, and yep. they look like uh, you know the Colorado game an example. The Colorado wasn't one hundred percent. I get it, but they look like a machine. They look efficient as efficient in their own way as Sutter had them playing on their way to their first Stanley Cup. They're a scary bunch. They're a solid team, right? Uh, hey, it helps having uh, Quinton Byfield come up, and you know it's taken a few years. He probably got rushed a little bit, but man, he's starting to come into his own at 21 years of age, which is nice for them. Um, you know, I like their defense for sure. I-, I look at LA, and you you look at them. Are they really any different than last year, other than having Dubois? Right. So so that's good, but. I wonder, like, their top-end speed. Like, Edmonton and L.A., I don't see – I guess unless L.A. wins the division, which is very possible, you know. Um, but then Colorado would have to beat them before, you know, because I don't see Edmonton finishing eighth. I'd be surprised, right? So I think they're probably seventh is where they likely be because it, they got a lot of ground to make up on those three teams in the Pacific, and it might be too much. So, you know, if you can avoid L.A. in the first round, Al, I think ideally you would do it. There's no question. But, man, we said the same thing about Boston last year and what happened come playoff time. Right, so I uh, L A right now is definitely playing great. I think they got the second best points percentage, but we'll see if they're playing the same come playoff time, and if if their defense and age will be somewhat of a factor, goaltending age, excuse me, somewhat of a factor in playoffs. What's coming up on the show, Jason? We will. Uh, we're going to dig into uh, some numbers, Alan, the uh, league wide around it because the orders obviously have a few days off. Um, uh, Woodley more into uh, to goaltending. Uh, I gave him a little assignment to see: is there any like is there any realistic ones, right? And at what point do you think, Al? Do they like? I know Olivier Rodrigue an extremely small sample size, and that's the question. Like it's four games. Do they have to start playing him more? Like I like when if Campbell comes back up here, and then like they had to play Campbell because they were trying to find his game again. But do they really have to play Calvin Pickard to find his game? Or do they have to start going 50-50 in the minors with Rodri? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they've they, they got to play him because he was, he was top 10 last year in save percentage, and he doesn't qualify. But if he did, he'd have the number one save percentage at 936 in the AHL right now. Yeah, so maybe right. there's a point where could he – because the other thing, Al, you have to look at is what if you just start playing Mather and say, hey, we know what Calvin Pickard is. We know what Jack Campbell is. Let's find out what Olivier Rodriguez is. Maybe he's the Jordan Bennington. Oh. And gets recalled in January, and all of a sudden is a guy who really helps your team. Like I, at this point, with goaltenders out, I can't rule out anything because it's it's so unpredictable. But 
you're right. You, you've, you've shown pretty decent numbers when he gets the opportunity. He doesn't play a lot, but when he does play, he plays well. So I'm not a, I'm not a genius, Al, but, geez, if a guy's playing well, maybe play him more. Just a thought. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Have a good one, and we'll listen to you, too.